everyone. Welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Uh, once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin. And today we'll be covering Spring Snow, the second to last song off of Father of the Bride. Uh, very excited to cover it. Uh, really good song, really sad song. Um, what, what did you think, Kevin? First of all, Nico, uh, thank you once again for having me here. Um, we haven't recorded in like two weeks, so I'm just, I'm, I've got the buzz. I'm feeling really good right now. Um, this was like, I want to say this was like the first other song, if you will, I heard on the album. I heard the singles, and then like this is one that kind of popped up. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then today was kind of really my first deep dive into, into the lyrics, and you're right. It definitely is a sad song, but really a, a beautiful song to listen to. Yeah, when, when I first listened to it, um, when Father of the Bride came out, I definitely was like okay this is pretty like classic vampire weekend classic like obvious bicycle off of like mm -hmm. uh modern vampires of the city type stuff um where it's just like this short and sweet song that's like has this like sad meaning beneath it but like if mm -hmm. you just hear the song you don't really think about it much um so um so, so that was interesting because father of the bride is kind of all over the place musically so um so some of the songs is like, oh, this is brand new. This is like totally different. Um, but uh, this song was definitely like, okay, I see like the old Vampire Weekend here, which I actually saw a quote from Ezra saying like when he wrote the song, he, um, he, he definitely like incorporated a lot of like old Vampire Weekend into it. So it makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. So how do you want to start with this one? Um, overall stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I think we can tackle the, the story first because I, I do think we talked about this a little before that there is a surface level story. Um, there's a quote from Ezra stating um, that this was one of the first um, songs that he wrote um, in, in Father of the Bride and that um, it was very much falling into how he wanted to go more into a story-driven format for his songs. Um, and so I, I think it's not a stretch to say there is a clear story, but there's definitely second and even third meanings behind that story. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the story is definitely um, a uh, fallen relationship, uh, a failed relationship. Um, and which there's hesitancy to end it, but it seems like they both both are aware that uh, it's time. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about this a little bit ago about how we have so many songs that are obviously good relationship. We have a lot of songs that are like scorned love post relationship. We have a handful of songs just out there that are like this relationship isn't going well, but very rarely do we have the like, okay, this is done but we're still talking about it kind of relationship song. And um, the, the, the one song that came to mind, at least theme wise in, in similarity was Wasted Time by the Eagles. Not sure if you're familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, we were actually yeah. just listening to an episode of Time Crisis prior to this where Ezra said he was originally kind of going, or at least trying to think of like going for an Eagles type thing with this song. Um, I don't know if he meant in substance or just kind of musically. Um, but it's kind of an interesting theme where you're looking at a relationship through the lens of this is over. How do we proceed from here? What am I going to do from here? Mm -hmm. 
yeah yeah definitely um yeah and um i think that hesitancy um to end it um is is interesting um especially in the scope of the full album um where we've seen a lot of songs like stranger where um he's in this place where he's kind of found peace and um happiness um in the people he's with um and then you come across the song um i mean they they could just be fully unrelated that's very possible but um this song where uh it discusses like the the hesitancy to end a thing that you have you know you should um and it, he's almost surprised that in verse one and says the snow fell last night your flight couldn't leave come back to bed let's take this reprieve felt like the end the end's been de delayed you're here in my arms so what should i say he's that line is so sad the yeah. so what should i say yeah oh my it's, gosh he's almost surprised that it didn't end the night before because it should have he knows it should have yet they're still delaying it um the the flight couldn't leave so it's delayed um but yet it's more talking about the relationship in general so what do you make of the rest of the song? I guess because this is where it gets tough. Mm -hmm. um, the words of a song, the prayers that we pray, the lock and the door won't keep them away. Mm -hmm. And this is a them and a they that comes up again. And the second, and that, the following stanza here. So what are we talking about here? Yeah, um, I would say my immediate thought is the concerns and the things that don't work within that relationship because um, they're always there um, waiting to surface to resurface um, even if you hope that they fall away mm -hmm. um, in terms of the surface level at least um, no I, I, I like that I like that because I think it's kind of reinforced the following the snow slows them down mm -hmm. if just for a day but here comes the sun those toxic old rays mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I think if it's the same theme, if we're, if we're talking about the snow as being something that's preventing the inevitable, I mean, we're kind of seeing the same thing again here. So I, I like yeah, that read the, of it. The slow melt of uh, snow in the spring is definitely um, a, a topic here that resembles um, the slow, slow ending of many relationships. Uh, a lot uh -huh. of times it's not this like one event happens and um, you break up. It, a lot of times it's just like, weeks of just like slowly getting like less and less and then um, eventually the snow has melted uh, the relationship has run its course um, I do want to point out the first line of verse two the words of a song um, is what it's credited on genius but when I heard it I was actually thinking the words of a psalm um, oh, and that is reinforced by the second line, the prayers that we pray, pray. Um, I think the meaning stays the same. I don't think it's really too, too big of an impact. I do think it's a really cool thing that he could be saying, um, just like the link between Psalms being a book in the Bible filled of, um, actual songs, um, that, uh, David wrote to, um, wrote to God. Um, and so, so that, that would relate to the second line really well as they're, 
they're singing um, songs to God um, in the prayers that they pray. No, I think it's, I think it's funny. And I think, I mean, we've commented a few times and where we were not quite sure of a read on what Ezra's saying. Um, when we actually start looking at the lyrics um, and again, it's something you would never recognize. And it's a cool observation there. Um, and then we have this last little bit, the trains start to move, bells start to ring, the seasons we had don't mean anything, which is just so incredibly defeating. Um, and that's actually one of the lines that made me think of this song, Wasted Time by the Eagles, which I won't go too into it, but just basically the idea is like, this relationship's old or over, I've been in this so long, is it even like worth it? Like, was it even mm -hmm. worth doing this? And it is very defeating to hear our main character here end this song with the thought of I've invested this and I'm coming away from it having gained nothing. Yeah, I think that's spot on um, on, on that, that bridge. Um, and then it's again stated in the outro um, but a very, very kind of poetic way to say um, that the relationships come to an end um, and definitely sad. Uh, the seasons we had don't mean anything. Um, so just kind of like, why, why were we here in the first place? Um, I, I did want to point out in verse two, um, but here comes the sun, those toxic old rays. Uh, some people pointed out how that might be a reference to Here Comes the Sun um, by the Beatles, mm -hmm. um, which I, I think would be really cool just because the first part of it, but Here Comes the Sun, and if you hear that with no context, you think, oh, this is a good thing. The sun's mm -hmm. coming out. We, we can rejoice. But with the context of the rest of the song where the snow is delaying the inevitable, um, the sun is actually bringing toxic rays that end this relationship. Um, and so like the song by the Beatles, Here Comes the Sun, has this like very happy-go-lucky meaning. Um, but in this, it's kind of flipped on its head. Yeah, we were talking before the show um, about how it's interesting to see the snow painted as a good thing and the sun painted as a negative thing. And barely, if ever, do we do we see that? I mean, even in Christmas songs, snow is like portrayed as a bad thing in the case of like, let it snow and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like very rare, and this is just weird to hear. Um, and our thought was, is there any deeper meaning there? I don't think so. Um, I don't know if you do. Yeah, I, I think this is a good transition into a uh, possible woke vampire weekday. Of course. Uh, you want to educate the viewers? Yes. So so some folks out there would like to believe that this is a little bit of a woke, woke excuse me, vampire weekend foray into climate change. Uh, toxic old rays, of course, referring to the sun um, warming our planet, harming life here. Um I don't really know how the snow would slow it down. Um, I don't like it just because it would be a very sharp departure from the rest of the theme of the song. Mm -hmm. um, I, again, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I just think it's too abrupt of a departure and really would kind of get in the way of what we're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think there's a chance that it has that secondary or I wouldn't even give this the secondary meaning, I would say the third meaning, um, 
where it's kind of something touched on. Um, and um, I mean, Ezra sure does love to have subtext and sub subtext. So mm -hmm. I think it's fair. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's meant to take the, um, the priority of the relationship. Um, so um, I, there is some stuff backing it up, I will say. Um, it felt like the end is a very apocalyptic statement, um, which with climate change uh, fits, but then the end's been delayed. Um, and so it's almost like a lot of people think like, oh, the end with climate change is like years off, years off. So like, we don't have to worry about it. Um, so I, I could see where they're coming from when they say that. I don't agree with it though. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think there is somewhat of a meaning of it within it, but I don't think it was even intentional. I could see now that I'm looking at this final, this, this bridge here, um, use the word seasons, I think could, could be intentional in that, in that, in that phrase. Mm -hmm. And also if you want to get double woke vampire weekend, trains start to move, maybe pushing for a new transportation reality in the United <laughs> States. Definitely something to consider here. Um, Ezra is a fan <laughs> of the, uh, the, what, what's the one by uh, Elon Musk? The, the uh no well, and, and, and that's the thing though the uh the, the hyperloop yeah, yeah hyperloop. but every, yeah I'll, elon's a we don't need to get into that we don't, <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't need to go woke vampire <laughs> weekday um <laughs> no, no we'll, uh, we'll 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 not touch that one um the one thing the one other thing i wanted to mention is i i said this to nico earlier today and my read of this song from the get-go is that it is confirmed wavy yeah, And we also, Nico brought to my attention that today, November 22nd, 2020, is the 10-year anniversary of the release of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And we, we know that Ezra is a big Kanye fan and has been since, since his, the beginning of his career. And I think it's hard to see this song sounding the way it does if Ezra doesn't listen to Lost in the World or devil in a new dress or yeah. any of those songs um maybe even a little bit of um it always said heartbreak but the vocoder i mean of the past 20 years no one has done that in such a fashion as kanye has um and just kind of the, the beat in the production does feel very kanye-esque in this mm -hmm. song so it was, i think it's just fun to hear that and that's why it's, it's a great song to listen to even though it is quite sad yeah i, I definitely agree um I mean, me and Kevin are big Kanye fans, so uh, it's cool cool to bring up on the pod. But um, I, the the very beginning, the ooh uh, that's uh, what goes through that vocoder, um, that seems very reminiscent of like Runaway, mm -hmm. um, where Kanye manipulates his vo voice to almost be a guitar uh, solo. Because on first listen of Runaway, a lot of people th thought that was like a guitar solo. Um, but it's actually his voice uh, heavily auto-tuned. And so the beginning of the song uh, has definitely wavy vibes within it with the mm -hmm. uh, heavily auto-tuned uh, start. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, the beat has a little bit of like 808's uh, uh, tendencies going. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think 
it was definitely influenced by Kanye, uh, which is pretty cool. Cool to see. Yeah, I dig it. Anything else we want to talk about this? Yeah, I think we have to talk about the title, which I believe oh, yeah. is oh my the, gosh. Secondary, I totally about that. the secondary meaning here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the title, Spring Snow, is named after the first novel in the Sea of Fertility uh, tetralogy from Yukio Mishima, uh, written in the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, so the first novel, Spring Snow, um, is centers on the conflicts in Japanese society caused by westernization in the early 20th century, um, following um, a relationship between the son of a rising uh, rich family, new rich family, and the daughter of an aristocratic family falling on hard times. Um, And first we can talk about this first novel um, in that there's a lot of history with Vampire Weekend lyrics talking about industrialization and imperialism and such. Um, so I, I think that's something to definitely address how um, the ties of um, Ezra is definitely very anti-imperialism. Um, and um, so he's probably read a novel that focuses heavily on the um, effects of that such imperialism Um, and so I I think that's where this influence um, partially comes from Um, but the other cool thing is the the series the sea of fertility series follows the Shigekuni Honda a law student um, that's introduced in spring snow Um, him um, believing that these these four characters throughout the series are reincarnations of his school friend um, in the first novel um, and his attempts to save them from early deaths to which they seem to be condemned by karma. Um, and so I think that's really, really interesting because um, in first one, it seems, we, we talked about how it seems like he's surprised that um, he's getting a second chance, um, that the relationship ha- didn't end last night, the end's been delayed, you're here in my arms, so what should I say? Um, and I think that might mirror, I mean, I haven't read the series, but it might mirror um, the main character's views on uh, meeting his, his school friend's reincarnation three separate times. Um, He thought it was over and yet here we are again. What should I say? Nico, first I'll have to say that I'm appalled that you didn't read these books (laughs) for our show today. Shoddy Um, work. Second of of all, um, I think, I I just think it's really Ivy league. Like we keep finding, even though like we're, 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 we're way beyond the Columbia days, we're still finding stuff like this, like, I won't say it's obscure, but like, I, I can't imagine most Americans would be aware of this work. And we're just finding this random Japanese novel, which sounds like it has a fantastic story, mm-hmm. but just very, very kind of esoteric. Um, but yeah, I think you're right about your, your, about, your, about your read of it, though. It's so academia. Um, I exactly. Mean, it's as, like, as are you, it's, it's almost... 
Ezra seems it's like an inside born, joke at this point. It's yeah, ridiculous. Ezra seems like someone who is born to like become deeply entrenched in academia and then like <laughs> somehow ended up in music. Um, and I love it. It's it's great. It provides so much content. <laughs> it's it's so weird because like you listen to Time Christ and you're like, this is just some dude who'll riff about like kind of anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where does this background come from? Is it genuine? <laughs> is it forced? Like, oh yeah, he... I'm, I'm I'm genuinely curious because because like the enjoyment, if if the enjoyment's truly there, then like you're going to likely enjoy like a high caliber level of education. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've also talked about how he thinks that higher education is a scam. So it's <laughs> like, where where does this fall? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, on Time Crisis, he he always brings up these, like, really obscure um, philosophies um, Mm -hmm. or, like, um, trains of thought. um, And it's like, dude, you're so far entrenched into that. But uh, yet he's, uh, uh, he's, like you said, he's still, like, very, um, thinks college is a scam and... Uh, which like I, I feel like you could hold both opinions easily yes uh, I would agree you can you can gain that knowledge through other ways outside of college I mean just mm-hmm. reading the books um, um, but it's it's definitely interesting to see that type of mindset within the music industry yeah fun fun to see I mean it's it's yeah you, you, you like to hope that like the people behind your music are well-read people and I think it's hard to it's hard to be too pragmatic and be a successful artist. So it's cool to see all these fun little things coming from all over the place that get into the music. Yeah, for sure. So one final thing I wanted to point about out about the song is um, how Blood Pop was um, a writer and producer on this song. Um, and it is cool to see the, the tie between the songs um, he he, he only wrote this song on the album, um, but he produced um, also Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, and also Unbearably White, um, which is doesn't surprise me at all, because if you told me to pick three songs that resemble modern vampires of the city um, on this album, those are the three I would have told you. Um, and so I, maybe my mistake too, but um, those definitely seem to have very uh, similar musicalities and thematic um, similarities. And so I, I, I definitely don't, don't think that's surprising that he, um, he was producing those three. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree with you. It's, it, there's a very similar vibe among those three. Um, to bring up a name for the second time in this episode, I'm also seeing this guy has a production credit on Elon Musk's single R.I.P. Harambe. Um, There's an Elon a, uh, Musk single called R.I.P. Harambe. A, a, a non-album single, as Wikipedia uh, specifies. Um, wow. Looks like he also produced something that he made it on a Chromatica, the Lady Gaga album. Okay. Um, so the dude's done a number of interesting things here. Hmm. A lot of stuff from Chromatica, actually. Yeah, he's worked with Haim and Grimes a lot, it looks like. Okay. Um, so maybe that's... Haim is probably his tie to Vampire Weekend. That's probably how he... he yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
as Danielle Heim is very much within the Vampire Weekend universe. The universe type. Mm-hmm. Strong friend of the program. Yep. <laughs> Probably um, member of the program, to be honest. Yeah, at this point. It'd be interesting to see if she shows up on that fifth album, if we ever get it. In 2025, yeah. Yeah, he's he's talked about it on Time Crisis, so... Yeah, everybody's talking about everything these days, okay? It's just, it'll be interesting (laughs) to see if if it's nearly as long as this last one. I don't think it will. Yeah, a a double album's tough. It's very tough. But... um, Everywhere, I'm excited to see it. Any last thoughts on the song before wrap it up? Nothing crazy. I mean, it's a good song. Um, I don't think any more or less of it after this deep dive. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a fun listen. Yeah, I. I guess it's it's interesting to have it as the second to last song in the album, you know, because it's very sad. And then Jerusalem, New York, Berlin is not a song that we've gotten into yet, but another interesting track. Um, but to have this towards the very end of the album is, is an interesting choice. Yeah, I think um, it, I, it, I, it doesn't shock me that it's the second to last song as it seems, we've talked about this before on the pod, but it seems like the second to last song is always like sad and a really good ending. And then there's like almost a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, like on... Vampire Weekend's first album, Walcott, is the second to last song. That's right. Um, and then um, on Contra, um, if you're including the bonus track, which I will because it supports my point, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think your Contra is the second to last song. Which yeah, okay. Kind of like somber and reflective. And then Modern Vampires of the City, you have Hudson, which is a very sad and somber song. Yes. Um, and then you have this. Um, and and then even if you look at like the deluxe version of Father of the Bride, you have I Don't Think Much About Her No More. Um, which is just like really hard to listen to. Yeah. So I, I think there's a theme of having that um sad song second to last and then having a sort of palate cleanser um mm-hmm. and that palate cleanser seems to always range a little more than than the second to last song um as you can get um stuff from the kids don't stand a chance to um lord ulan's daughter so <laughs> kind of all over the place today. um but i i grew to really appreciate um the song with the connection to the the books um i think that's really cool how he was able to do that yeah it's it, it's it's cool for sure um so now on to our top five um go ahead all right let's see stranger harmony hall unbelievers jonathan lowe Ooh. walcott okay okay no campus not no, today no campus not, today. not this um, time <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna go unbelievers stranger um campus mm-hmm. um harmony hall i was gonna say yeah 
then um i don't know i'm really feeling this song today i'm gonna go spring snow all right there we go yeah. it's gonna be a one week only type thing but yeah, like, it's like an ap oh, ranking like yeah. you're flirting with it. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's um it's like when um I guess Coastal Carolina is still high up there, but they're like 15th. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But they're sticking around how you have those random teams. Um, the first couple of weeks that just have no business being there. So like Michigan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, if we have any Michigan fans who follow this podcast, well, <laughs> if we have Michigan fans follow this podcast. <laughs> feel bad sorry you, I guess. <laughs> no actually you know what no no michigan's the one school where there's just no remorse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ever okay <laughs> so anyway on to our song for the next oh well, yeah on, on, uh, the, on the vampire weekend things <laughs> um the hat what how do we use it is the 2014 nba champions for spurs um hat oh beautiful um yeah in, in honor of the NBA draft, the NBA free agency, the NBA trade uh, deadline all happening in one week this year. It was pretty ridiculous. I feel like the NBA offseason, like, there's no talk. And then all of a sudden, everybody yeah. just flipped the switch one day. Yeah. And now it's kind of dying down. But, like, it was a, it was an interesting few days. I do want to say before I pick, I, we, we haven't had much Contra. So let's see if we get one. Have we had any? Uh, we okay. California English. No joke, what do we got? <laughs> there we go. I spoke right. it into existence. I promise I Beautiful. don't do that on purpose. <laughs> you pick your promise. Yeah, the audience can definitely see. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone for joining. We'll see you next week. Um.